Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Okay, so when is the last time you thought about what your marriage is for? Now be honest, really think about it. When is the last time? Was it this week, this month maybe? Um, really what I want to ask you is, are you giving the purpose of your marriage the energy it deserves? Or are you just kind of hoping that things will work out or happen the way it should? I'm here to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer and tell you that it won't happen the way it should, especially if you're not giving that energy and attention and focus to it that you should. I'm here to remind you of the life-giving and empowering mission of marriage. It's a mission that is enough to get you out of the bed in the morning and dedicate your whole life to. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about marriage and its mission. As you know, marriage is a sacrament. It's meant to help us experience God's life and God's love. What could be better than that? It's a causative sign, a sign that causes the thing that it represents. What does marriage represent? It represents unity, love, intimacy. So just by being engaged in marriage, we are experiencing what we represent in our loving one another, in our intimacy. And it proclaims God's goodness in our lives in a way that we can participate and live in. And it glorifies God to others. So not only do we get to experience God's love through our relationship with our spouse, but it also reflects an image of God's love to other people, to those around us, which I think is a huge integral part when you're thinking about the marriage or the mission of marriage. And I heard someone say once, I thought this was a really beautiful reflection. They were talking about the individual person, how unique and unrepeatable each person is. We already know that. We've heard that so many times that you're created in the image and likeness of God and there's not another person like you in the world. Now think about that concept And put it in the context of marriage. When two unique, unrepeatable individuals come together in the sacrament of marriage, in marriage, in a marital union, that means how much more unique is that relationship? There is not another marriage like yours in the entire world. And we can say that 10 times more confidently than we can say about an individual person. And we already know that's true. There's not another marriage like yours in the world, which means there is not another mission or purpose for your marriage like yours in the world. And so we want to turn our attention to what that is for you, what that is for your relationship and what that means for the greater community around you. In other words, marriage matters. It matters to your spouse. Um, because they need you to be strong. They need your marriage to be strong. We know that married, married people live longer lives. They overall have higher levels of satisfaction and happiness in life, mm-hmm. spiritually helping them become the person they're called to be. And so marriage matters on all kinds of levels, one to your spouse, but also to your kids. 
they need your marriage and your relationship to be functioning fully, to be fully functioning. And marriage, we know, provides a sense of safety and a trust. It allows children to develop the ability to trust and engage in healthy relationships. If your relationship is healthy, they learn that from us. They learn that from you and your marriage. Um, It gives kids a greater sense of confidence in their own ability to succeed when they come from a stable, loving environment at home. They're just naturally more confident individuals. So a healthy marriage, the mission of marriage helps our children become physically, emotionally, it helps them physically, emotionally, and it helps their academic well-being as well. So the ramifications of the mission of marriage are far-reaching. And not only that, not only is it important and matters to your spouse, not only does it matter to your kids, but it matters for you, for your own holiness, Um, your um, own emotional and psychological health as well. When we're giving ourselves in love to someone else, over-dedicating ourselves, putting everything else, someone else first, That helps in our own path to sainthood, our own path to holiness. And we feel better usually when we're giving of ourselves. Sometimes we can get a little exhausted and burnt out as well. But um, we feel good when we do good for others. And so it matters. The mission of marriage matters even to you, even to ourselves, um, to be able to embrace that and live that out. By the way, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe and leave a review. I read every review and I love hearing from you guys. So let me know what you think of the show if you're enjoying it. So what does a good marriage look like? We're talking about the mission of marriage. And I think one way to talk about this is through an activity called a marital imperative. And that's just a fancy word for a marital mission statement. I think every couple should do this um, and spend a little bit of time talking about your set of your shared belief system as a couple. Um, What are your goals? What are your values? Those things that are deeply held, a shared set of spiritual values or ideals, your emotional goals as a couple, and really take some time. It doesn't have to be hours, but you know, you could spend 20 to 30 minutes, maybe 45 if you get really into it. Just thinking about those values as a couple. What are those desires you have for your future? Where do you see yourselves five years from now? Um, what what do you want to be doing as a couple, as a married unit, unified, your uniqueness of combining your desires and your goals together? What mission do you have for the world? And coming up with a statement, a mission statement of sorts to represent that of, you know, we want to embody the love of God. We want to show, raise children who have even tempers and who love life or have fun. And we want a house of laughter, you know, whatever it is, really setting some time aside to clarify that with each other and You could even, if you wanted to really go for it, um, bring it to an art craft store, print it out on nice paper and pretty fonts and frame it and put it somewhere in your home as just a symbol of 
what is important and valuable to you. Um, But um, this is also not necessarily a set in stone type of statement. And so this is something, like I said, if you're looking ahead five years, you're going to want to reevaluate every few years and make sure you're sticking to the plan and making sure there aren't any adjustments that you want to make. Because as life happens, certainly we grow and mature and those desires and goals and values might change depending on the circumstances. And so... That's That's just one really cool thing that I think um, couples can spend a lot of time doing. So let's get into our mental wellness tip for the day. And I think it ties in well to this theme of the mission of marriage, because sometimes we might find ourselves in marriage in a disagreement or two with our beloved. And um, I think a really important mental wellness tip when you're in the middle of a heated argument, so Assuming it's already built up, things have escalated, we're maybe saying things we regret or raising voices or whatever. It's not at that point where we're being as loving and patient as we should be. The number one thing you should do in that situation is walk away. Now, I don't just want you to storm off and slam the door in that situation, but you walk away with the understanding between the two of you knowing that If either of you recognizes you're in that place in the middle of a heated discussion, you know that it's going to be okay. And so you ask for that opportunity to walk away. You let them know, clue your partner in and say, look, I'm really overwhelmed. I feel like this discussion is probably not productive anymore. We're a little too overheated. I need a break. And also letting your beloved know that you guys are going to be doing this before the argument comes up so that everybody's on the same page and not blindsided when that happens, but walking away because we get to that place where we get into what therapists like to say, we get flooded. Your heart rate's over hundred beats per minute. You've hit diffuse psychological arousal and you're no longer able to have a productive conversation. And so your mental wellness tip for your marriage is to take a break, take at least 30 minutes away Go do something else to take your mind off whatever the disagreement was. Don't sit there and think about the discussion and think about what you could have said back or how you're going to respond when you come back to the discussion later to talk about it, but totally disengage. Go do something else. Take a walk, take a breather, journal, pray, and then when you both are calm, you can come back and re-engage in the conversation. And I think that is so important because Um, um, it's really tough, especially for those people in relationships who really want to talk until things are resolved. This is really tough for you guys um, because there's a fear there that if we don't handle it now, if we don't figure it out, it's going to fester and it's going to ruin the relationship. And the reality is that's what's going to happen if you keep trying to push the argument when your beloved is completely overwhelmed and not really taking in any more input at that point. And so it's more productive, more helpful to take the break and revisit the conversation later when you're both calm. Now, those of you who like to take that time to process, you're going to be really happy that I'm saying this, but the trick is the catch is when you take this break, you have to agree that you're going to commit to come back later and actually follow through on having a discussion later. So when you take that break, making an agreement there of when you're going to follow up within the next 24 hours, because sometimes people say, okay, I need a break. We're done. And they walk away and then they never talk about it again. And this could fester for a week, two weeks. 
and just kind of unnecessarily. So make sure you make a point to commit to visiting the conversation again later. That way, um, whether you're a processor, internal processor, or you want to talk it out, everybody gets honored on all sides of the equation. Okay, so yeah, so that's the mental health tip. And now we will get into our Q&A. So I don't know if you all remembered, but a couple of weeks back on Instagram, I asked for people to submit questions um, if you wanted a question answered on the podcast. And so I've got a few in, so we're going to tackle one of those today. And one of the questions I received was thinking about the holidays and family relationships. And so I thought this was a perfect time to address this. Um, as you know, as we're recording this, we do have Christmas coming up. And so um, one person asked about, you know, basically said the holidays are hard and they, they recognize that it's easy to cut out toxic friendships, but the difference is it's a little bit more challenging to cut out toxic family relationships. So they were wondering, how do you deal with toxic family relationships? How do you put up boundaries especially during a time when you know you're going to be seeing those family members quite a bit. So I think the first thing to do is to know your limits. So if you know you're going to be around a really challenging family member who's going to be draining you and giving you a really hard time, plan ahead. So make sure that you go into those conversations really filled up and really energized. So um, if you have to go out of town, for example, make sure you're planning in your trip, making sure you're planning time alone with your spouse or alone with your kids, alone with your individual family unit so that you're filled and have that emotional stamina to engage with that Uh, negative family member. So when those negative interactions come up and you're feeling depleted, you're already built up a little bit and can tolerate the stress of that a little bit more because you've took that time to make sure you're in a good place mentally and emotionally before you're interacting with that person. And then I would say, depending on who that person is, how much of a relationship you have with them, how you have to decide, you know, how much can that person tolerate Mm -hmm. Are they somebody who you can really be direct with? Are they somebody who you're not as close to and so you can't really say as much to? So depending on that, there might be a range of different responses when you get into a more challenging conversation with them. So you might um, make an excuse. You know, if it's somebody you're not as close to, you might make an excuse to go help clean up with the dishes or something, find an excuse to leave the room, or maybe you could make a joke. Um, So being a little more indirect, like, oh, you know, Cousin Fred, you're too much, um, making a joke, you're too much for me, and then leaving the conversation that way. But if it's somebody who you do feel like you could speak a little more into their life and be more direct about the situation, you could say something along the lines of, look, I love you, and it's really important to me that we enjoy our time together. I need to end this conversation now because I'm really worried about where it's headed and I'm starting to get upset. I'm worried that some things might be said that we regret. So I'm going to take myself out of the conversation so that we can continue to spend time together because that's really important to me and that's why I'm here. Um, And I want to make sure that time is well spent. 
And so anything along those lines, I think can be really helpful. And it's hard to know for sure, based on this question, you know, how toxic of a relationship are we talking about? You know, certainly if somebody's safety is in jeopardy at any point, um, we're going to want to be making sure that we're not putting anyone in a place of danger, you know, any type of abuse or physical danger, anything like that. Um, But if this is just a situation where somebody is, if this um, is a situation where somebody is just not fun to be around and they make uh, really inappropriate jokes and comments or say really insulting things, then I would say, again, planning ahead, remembering what's within your control and not within your control. We are only in control of our actions, our responses, our conversation. And unfortunately, we're not in control of other people's words and actions, but we do have the power to decide how long we want to stay in those conversations. We have the power to decide how we're going to respond to those conversations and those comments. And we have the power to decide um, if we're going to be around those individuals at all. And depending on how harmful of a situation it is for your own mental health, It might be to a point where you have to make those really tough decisions, but also remembering to show some grace as well. That's what we're called to as Christians to do. And remembering that sometimes when hurtful comments are made, those aren't always about us. Sometimes those come out of a place of woundedness. And so trying our best, even though it's really hard when somebody is being really hurtful or argumentative trying our best to remember and view them with that lens of, you know, wow, they must have had some something really painful happen to them in the past for them to react this strongly, to be this harsh, to be this critical. And so what can I do to be a little more understanding in the sense of not allowing uh, abusive or negative things to happen, but in the sense of let me look at them with compassion and be remember to say some prayers for them because clearly this is coming from a place of hurt and pain and let me see what I can do to, in a way, love this person in this moment. Um, Easier um, said than done, I know, but uh, worth reflecting on regardless. So that is what I wanted to talk to you all about today. Remember, the mission of your marriage is incredibly valuable. You have a unique purpose and offering as a couple for the world. We need you. We need your witness of your love, which is ultimately the witness of God's love to the world. So sit down, start writing those um, marital mission statements and let me know what you have. Oh, and by the way, um, if um, you want your question answered on the podcast, please send me a DM, a private message or direct message on social media and let me know uh, what your question is. And we can definitely try to find a way to get it answered here on the show. And if you want it to be anonymous, you can let me know that as well. So don't feel like um, your name is going to (laughs) be Uh, publicized for all to see but Um, yeah um, feel free to message me anytime with a question that you'd like answered on the podcast and I'll do my best to get to it thanks so much and see you guys next time if you have enjoyed this episode you can find more connecting out loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages as always I appreciate each and every review so if you can take some time to rate and review this show I read each one and I love hearing from you be intentional and connect out loud (laughs) 